Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. It's a beautiful day in Colorado. (laughs) Sky is blue and clouds are puffy, too. Please. John and I are sitting Ready to do a podcast. John, I'll throw the ball to you. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the Ransom Tart Podcast. I'm John Eldridge, and my lyrical friend is Craig McConnell. Feeling somewhat perky. I'm thinking of joining a choir. Craig, I think you should. (laughs) I think you should. (laughs) Hey, we've been doing this series on relationships, and if you haven't been a part of this from the beginning, the spirit of this was the Trinity. The spirit of this is God is relational at the core of his being. He pursues relationship with us. All of the great commands are at some level having to do with relationship, the way we treat one another. And we began with a pretty huge premise, and the premise is that the quality of the relationship that you offer others is actually the best indication or proof or test of your life with God, your character, your holiness, who you are as a human being. Yes. You know, that we tend to want to look to, you know, big displays of power or unbelievable insight or articulate teaching as the proof of, wow, there's an amazing Christian, there's an amazing follower of Christ when what we're trying to suggest is actually, no, it's um, it's the quality of the relationship that you offer others. Not just, oh, she's such a loving person, not just a banal, kind of facile, quick, you know, love one another, but no, really, like, what is it like to be with you? What's it like to relate to you? What is the experience people have of you in relationship? That's what we've been talking about because it's so powerful. Um, last week's was really – it was just so hopeful to walk away from from last week's podcast realizing we have a lot of power in relationship and relationship is where most change takes place for people. Yeah. John, let me ask you a question. I mean real practically, what is it that just bugs you in how people relate to you? I mean – what are some of the kind of common um, relational faux pas that you experienced over the years or just just have a negative effect or just kind of kill the conversation yeah. or relationship? It, yes, friends, this is going to be so helpful. Just, just bringing this down to really basic things. Um, we can just start ticking off some stuff. Don't dominate the conversation, right? You know, what bugs me is you get into a conversation with someone and they literally – spend, let's say you've got an hour for coffee and you've met at Starbucks, or they literally spend 59 minutes of it talking about themselves. Well, you know what I hate is people who interrupt others. <laughs> I hate that. You're talking and I'm, I'm a perpetrator of this. I mean, if I don't get my thought out, I think I'm going to lose it. And the thought is that this will really help you. Yes. yes. So, so I've got to interrupt you've it to let you it. know. But I hate that. Yep. 
Yeah. You've heard the expression, give a boy a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail. Yeah. You run into folks who, you know, they've had some transforming experience and it was they went to a money management course or they experienced a, some kind of marriage weekend or, you know, they went through a particular type of Bible study and then that's it. That's it. And they are just so eager to kind of impart that information to you. Yes. I, that that doesn't – I don't like that. That doesn't feel good. I feel like the object of an assault, you know, it's an informational assault. I'm yes. thinking again of people who just dominate the conversation, dominating it, either talking about their personal problems, their woes, you know, just sort of um, really kind of emotionally barfing on you mm. mm-hmm. or dominating the conversation because – They've got a hammer and the whole world looks like a nail. They've got, you know, what they believe are the three key precepts to whatever. And you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's the friend who sells Amway. And you know that at some point the conversation is always going to come down to can you host a party or who do you know? Yeah. It's just that thing. Yeah, exactly. I think something else. We're just giving tips. We're just giving basic, basic kind of nuts and bolts. What does this look like to relate well by talking about what does it look like not to relate well? Avoid these things. Another another one would be um, people who never ask you a question. Mm -hmm. People who never ask you a question. Um, Morgan and I are uh, hunting partners and once in a while we'll take along somebody else, hang out with another guy uh, or two and (laughs) we were out. I'm thinking of this trip we were on last fall and we were with this guy for like five days and he never asked anyone else in the party one question. Five days, morning till night. I mean, mean, that's a lot of time together. Never asked one question. Like literally not even just what's your wife's name? Mm-hmm. Do you have any kids? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just it's, just it's really kind of astounding that the narcissism of that, the, the just the complete self-centeredness. Now, boy, oh boy, was he hoping that you would ask him a question? Yeah. You know, I confessed this last week. I have to be very aware of that. Of course, we all want to be asked. Yes. How are you doing? Of course, we all want to be asked. Hey, what? What's new? What's God doing in your life? We all want to be asked about our dreams or desires, you know? Mm-hmm. But in love, I have to choose in a conversation that that, that comes second. Yeah. You know, I can't kind of secretly – here's what sabotages most relational interactions for me. The person seems present. They're engaged. But they're secretly waiting yes. for their turn. For you to ask them a question and then, you know, it's 35 minutes of their life, their world. So in love, I don't want to be that person. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be kind of secretly be tolerating the seven minutes of them talking while I'm hoping for my turn. Yeah. I think for me, um, if I was looking for a broad category, I think it's people who – in our conversation or interaction are just, I feel, dismissed in that they're really not listening to me, nor do their responses indicate that they really care about anything more than this being superficial. And when I'm with someone who you just offer 
honestly, a bit of yourself, whether you're the center or they're the center, and the subject just kind of moves on or it's as if you said nothing or it just maybe that's that lack of presence or that lack of listening or caring. But if someone's not present, I'm guilty of hitting that, well, I'm not going to be present switch too. And then we switch to light things. Yeah. March Madness, NCAA basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Giant caribou hunting. (laughs) (laughs) What's a giant caribou, Craig? Uh, Well, there's little caribou and then there's giant caribou. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm thinking we're in the category of um, what are those things you experience in relationship that really bug you? so that we cannot practice those things. Yeah. What are the things in relationship that really bug you? Yeah. Well, and maybe we hit this, um, but just to park on it a little more, it's the person who asks a question of you, how are you doing, doesn't care or doesn't give you a moment to respond. And it's, again, it's just you just feel diminished. Yeah. Yeah. As we walked away from last week's podcast, one of the things I was realizing is that good relating, quality, powerful, life-changing presence requires self-awareness. And so if you're checked out, if you're numb, dissociating, you know, you're not even present to your own life and your own internal world, you cannot hope to be present to anyone else's. Right? Right. I mean, you know, it's the, how many of us have been in a in a conversation with someone where you do open up your life a little bit, you share something that's awkward or difficult. It might be your suffering. It might be, you know, a trial you're going through, warfare you're battling. And the person literally just doesn't know what to do with it. You see the panic in their eyes, you know, and they quickly want to get past that and back to a more superficial level. It's just an indication of, oh, you have absolutely no idea what's going on in your own internal world, do you? Yeah. Like you are completely checked out to your own life, so you can't be present to anyone else's. Yeah. And so it's it's a given, gang. Yes. We're yes. assuming some level of personal awareness. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. That's huge, John. And I think when I'm checked out, what I'm really doing is offering quick answers or cliches. And exactly. I hate getting those. Yeah. I hate – Someone just kind of bringing closure to the conversation so they can move on with some either advice or cliche or something quick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Quick counsel. That's another one, right? I mean, and the scriptures say this, be quick to listen and slow to speak, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like quick to listen, slow to speak. Like be reluctant with your counsel. Don't let that be what you're leading with or – you get one question in the conversation, then bam, you're ready to offer advice. Well, you know what? And when it comes to questions of parenting, I found the writings of da 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 da, da to be very helpful. Or you know, yeah. you're just instantly into knowledge and information. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing um, what we're hitting on there. I think is just listening. You don't have to speak a whole lot. I think of meeting with an older man for years for coffee and. So much of what was powerful and meaningful over the years of meeting with this guy was just listening to his story. I mean, I wanted him just to keep talking because mm. mm. uh, he was an older man. Just yeah. listen. Right. He wasn't – what advice could I, a 28-year-old, give him anyway? Mm. Mm. 
So continuing to think just on a practical level, um, things that bug you in relationship. And friends, we're obviously tossing this question to you. I mean, the more that you're just aware of what bugs you in relationship, the more you know what not to do in handling other people well. You know, and the quick advice, dominate the conversation. Here's just a very simple one is ask the next question. Mm-hmm. Ask the next question. You know, this is what is what bugs me is that somebody will say, hey, how are you and Stacy doing these days? And I'll share a little bit, not a lot, to kind of see where they mm-hmm. want to go with this. Do they really mean it? Are they really mm-hmm. asking? You know, and then they won't go on. There's no second follow-up. There's no really Say a little bit more about that. I mean, yeah. that friends, that's just a really great, simple thing. Just say more about that. Yes. Even if you don't know what else to ask, just get them talking more. It'll surface. God will come into it. Just ask the second question. Ask the third question. Really? What's that been like for you guys? Mm-hmm. Wow. And so how are you doing with that? Say more. That You know, that would be a... Very practical thing there. A couple more, a couple more obvious things. The person that always has to be funny, person that always has to be the jokester, you know, keeping conversation just at a yuck it up level and even on serious stuff, their own marriage, their own, you know, hatred of their job, their own struggles. I mean, joking about it, being flippant. Um, Another one would be people who bring their unresolved emotional issues to the conversation. Mm. So you may be meeting as friends and mm-hmm. you may just be talking about life and how things going, but they're so bitter from, you know, some event that took place two weeks ago and they still haven't dealt with it, that they bring that bitterness to the conversation. It begins to just, their cynicism right mm-hmm. below the surface begins to sour everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of a poisoning person. Right. As we're talking, I'm thinking of John as um, it's part of that self-awareness thing, but people just don't really see the context. Like I'm thinking, you know, um, I'm about to step up on the platform at a boot camp to speak. Yes. The lights have been dim, the music's playing, and um Someone comes up and says, do you have a minute? And what they're asking for is, can I share with you my deep heartache and wounds and oppression? And can you give me an answer Um, knowing that I'm about to speak? I don't have a minute. But the question is put out there. It's like an unrealistic expectation. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. Even just not assuming that people have the time – for a great conversation right now. I mean, here at Ransomed Heart, you know, we'll pass people in the hallways. And my first question, my first engagement will always be some level of, is this person in a hurry? Mm-hmm. Because if they are, I'm not going to get in the way of that. I'm not going to burden them with a, you know, 15-minute funny story when I see they got someplace to go. Yeah, context. Yeah. I had this conversation with this fellow at this uh, last boot camp. He says, do you have a minute? And I said, you know what? I have exactly one minute. Yeah. So go for it. And he says, well, I probably really need an hour. Yeah. And it was like, ah. (laughs) You didn't mean do you have a minute. No, no. Craig, here's another one. You you brought this up earlier offline. Um, Most Christians Mm 
feeling awkward talking about God or spiritual things. And like how bizarre is that, you know, that this is supposed to be the absolute heartbeat of your life, the, the north star of your existence, you know. Your daily bread and uh, yeah, that's been my experience. Most Christians are awkward talking about spiritual things. You know, they'd rather stay at the weather, last summer's wildfire, hey, housing prices, you know, you just go, really, really, we have 20 minutes together and you want to blow those 20 minutes talking about some shallow subject? Auto insurance? Like, you're kidding me. Really? That's the level that you want to talk at? Gang, what's with that? What's with the awkwardness of not wanting to bring up God at some level in some way? Yeah. Another way of putting that, in my words, would be the person who wants to spend the night or the evening or the meal or the five minutes just telling you how hard or miserable or tough their life is. And then for you to respond, and they're a Christian, and you respond with something of the gospel, and it's like, huh? Why are you taking it there? And it's like, wait a second. <laughs> wait, aren't we Christian men and the only resource we have is Christ? And But just that, like, I really feel like for me to go to Jesus is – not the category they want. They want help yeah. in some other category. Yeah. 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 What are you bringing? What are you bringing? Yes. You know, are you bringing your cynicism? Are you bringing your unbelief? What are you bringing? Are you bringing hope? Are you bringing love? Are you bringing wisdom, care, concern, presence? What are you bringing? I can just suddenly see like people's faces now and, oh, she always brings cynicism and, oh, He's always negative and, oh, you know, he's the joker and he's always just – you go, really? Like you're an image bearer of the living God. You literally have the DNA of the Trinity in you. You are, whether you know it or not, a relational being yes. to the core of your existence. Friends, offer that. Like yes. it, this is where the kingdom gets lived out. This is where real change Redemption, rescue, breakthrough, love happens. And John, another thing for our listeners here would simply be, you know, if the people God has in your circle, if they're not listening, if they are interrupting, if it's all kind of superficial, I mean, call them on it. If they're never asking you about your story, doesn't relationship demand and isn't this the inconvenience of relationship that we say, hey, um, you know, whenever we talk, you always go here or there. Uh, can we talk about that? Yes. Huge, gang. Huge. That's what love looks like. Mm-hmm. Don't let it stay in a shallow place, in a negative place, in a cynical. Don't let it stay in the yuck it up, you know, trivia, like pause. Hey, why do we always go here? Why does it always stay here? Can we move a little deeper in this? Yes. It would be redemptive. Huge. You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast with John Eldridge and Craig McConnell. Go and live well.